You're listening to Aubrey CD Speaks, where truth is spoken for your freedom. Hello, this is Aubrey, and you are listening to Aubrey CD Speaks. This episode I have titled, Abide in My Love. Now the title comes from the scripture, John 15, 9, which in the New King James Version states, As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. Those that have read John 15, 9 would know that it's Jesus that uh, quoted that. I just... uh, and, and it comes from a very large, uh, I would say, three chapters, three big main chapters, uh, where he's speaking with his disciples before he goes out and he is arrested and tried by the Pharisees and, and all of that, you know, of, you know, before he's crucified. Now, um, <laughs> I just, I just kind of hit the irony of doing this around this part in time, I honestly didn't even think about the fact that Easter is around the corner, (laughs) to be quite honest. I just felt led um, to talk about this. And uh, the two main things, um, it being, of of which it being abide and love, and abide in my love, um, as it states in the title. Um, And what that means to the Christian world. And what that looks like, honestly, because we have, we have had a lot of things going on. Now, I haven't done a podcast at all this year. Um, and here we are in March. We're almost in May. Uh, we're almost in the middle of the year. And uh, I haven't done one yet. Quite honestly, I, as, as many times as I've, as I have thought of some really awesome things to share with you guys. I wasn't led to come on and share. And that happens because honestly, if if I do this for habit and not so much because I'm led by Holy Spirit to do that, then you're going to get a bunch of odd, <laughs> probably get a bunch of odd uh, episodes. So I don't want to do this as a habit. I, I like to do this as I'm led. And I haven't really been led to um, make this happen until recently. So um, a lot has gone on since the last time I was on here. And honestly, it, I'm not even really going to be talking about too much of what's been going on in this world. So much as what's been going on and the church, and I mean that as a big C church as a whole, not um, according to denominations. I don't go that route. Um, But uh, I want to talk with you today about abiding in his love and what that means to abide in his love. Now, I had the big revelation of what abiding means back in um, 2016. Now, I've, I grew up in church, so I heard that word abide a lot. Um, but it's not really something that I, I really looked into, took to heart and I didn't get born again until 2008. And even then, um, like I said, I grew up in church. Uh, I grew up, um, being told to strive as hard as you can to be good and to do good and what that looks like. And, um, and a lot of, 
a lot of conviction, um, a lot of um, beating yourself down because of anything that you do wrong, and uh, just just condemnation, um, or are honestly uh, judging and kind of not beating others up, you know, spiritually, mentally for what they've done wrong, but um, deciding that if they make one mistake, that's a complete strikeout and not really to get into, um, becoming friends or, or staying friends and thing, nonsense like that. Um, instead of showing love and mercy and grace and kindness, because we're all human and we all make mistakes and we all really suck at this, um, to be quite honest, because we can't do this on our own. Uh, our flesh is our great weakness, and we're tempted every day um, by the enemy who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Uh, but Jesus says, I have come to give life and a life to the full. And to have that life, we have to allow our spirits to lead us and not our flesh. But there are times we allow our flesh to completely lead us and take us astray uh, and, and, forgetting, um, and our, forgetting ourselves in that moment. Um, and after doing so, um, it's a habit in the church to not really have grace for yourself, uh, abide in his grace, go to, go to the father, um, uh, and go to the throne room boldly, uh, in grace and, and understanding that, that Jesus, uh, paid the penalty of our sins once and for all. And, um, I know that there are some that are going to hear that and go, oh, so that, does that mean you, uh, go astray and then you get to go to heaven? Gosh, I'm not even saying that. I'm saying as a believer in Christ. Okay. So let's stay specific here. Let's stay on target. Um, as a believer in Christ, a believer in Christ, if they come to the father, um, they are his. And just like Proverbs says, uh, though a righteous man may fall seven times, he's sure to get up again. So we have to understand that there is grace because of the Father, because of what Jesus did for us. We need to understand that and give that to one another. Um, and uh, there is a there is a division and a separation um, in the church today that. Um, <laughs> That is, um, there's, there's, there's some that are extreme one way or another, and then there's some that are, you know, somewhere, uh, kind of not sure what to do. And this, that just, okay, well, what I'm talking about is, um, and I'm going to share with you the next verse, which is John 15, 10, because this is where a lot can, a lot of people are led astray, and I know that, um, there are denominations that, um, that, um, that can take this honestly, that read this the wrong way. And, um, and you find yourself in, in the, in these two different places. Okay. So now John 15, nine, and I'll, I'll, I'll go into, I'll elaborate more into what I'm talking about. But again, I remember I'm talking about abiding in his love. Now, John 15, 10, and then, then New King James Version says, and this is, again, this is still Jesus talking. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. 
Now, I know even growing up in the Pentecostal church, um, and I did some growing up in the Baptist church, and I had people that were Baptist around me, um, um, because uh, my mother came from um, uh, Baptist affiliation. I grew up in the Baptist church, and um, and so there, I had a lot of Baptists around me. But when my parents married, they were more. Uh, they married into, um, and they married and went to a church and became members of a church that were more Pentecostal. Um, a Pentecostal that had a bit of a, a Baptist background because that church was Baptist for a time. And then, um, the pastor, um, got baptized in the Holy Spirit and, uh, and they, so they became, uh, more of a, they called it Pentecostal persuasion. They became more Pentecostal, but they still had some, um, beliefs, uh, that, le that would lean more toward the Baptist church. And, um, and so I remember even hearing this particular verse and, um, hearing it as, um, we have to keep his commands in order for him to love us. Um, and, and I mean, in a way, and, and one part that's true, um, keeping his commands, um, shows our love for him. Um, but... God, God's love isn't so much a condition. Like if you, um, if you mess up one time, he doesn't love you anymore and he turns his back on you until you repent and, and, uh, and cry out to him and whip yourself a few times, uh, and, and make yourself feel bad and, and do things to show your penance to God before he, um, before he loves you again. And, uh, and honestly, uh, a lot of denominations, a lot of churches, and honestly, I'm not even talking about just the Baptist church. There are, uh, there are some denominations that, that go this route, that keeping the commands, it, they think this means you have to keep these commands or he won't love you. Um, and... A large part of that, and I, I realized that in 2016 when when revival happened at my church, and I I was given an understanding through Holy Spirit, a revelation, and an understanding of what the word abide means. And I can give you a definition of abide, um, and what we understand abiding is, um, but the Lord... The Lord took me deeper with this, but I'll give you a definition of abide. Um, let's see, because there's, <laughs> there's, there's some interesting, um, definitions. There's, uh, it can come out as a, a verb as in to bear patiently or tolerate to endure without yielding withstand. But, uh, and, and then there's, uh, I like to wait for, await, I will abide the coming of my Lord. Yes. Um, to accept without rejection, I will abide your decision. Yes. Um, um, and then there's the, this one says intransitive verb, and this is from the Merriam-Webster dictionary, to remain stable or fixed in a state. 
a love that abided with him all his days. Or, um, to continue in a place, sojourn, I will abide in the house of the Lord. We're kind of going to stay in that, that little spot. Um, but, um, and, and it does kind of reflect that intransitive verb, that second one, to continue in a place, sojourn, I will abide in the house of the Lord. Technically, that is what I mean by abide. And we can go into the Greek, we can go into the Latin, we can go into the, all of this and that, um, if we want to, but, um, I don't know if any of you have ever, uh, come to this place of understanding, but I have this thing about words. Um, words in a lot of ways come to life for me. Uh, right now I'm, I'm speaking to you through this podcast, uh, but I will tell you without a shadow of a doubt and, and those who know, know that I am, I communicate very well, uh, in writing much better than I do, um, communicate through speaking. Uh, in my writing, there's no, <laughs> there's no ums, there's no, uh, uh, places where I'm, I stutter. Uh, I know what words I want to say. I have a larger vocabulary when it comes to writing. And, uh, I, I do feel that I can get what I'm trying to convey to someone in, in a more, um, in a more intrinsic way, uh, through, through the written word than I can through the verbal. I've always been that way. Um, a lot of times, a lot of the reasons is because my brain is so busy. I've got so much going on in my brain at one time that sometimes it, it, it takes a little time for, for it to come out or it takes a little bit of me thinking and contemplating on what I want to say in order for it to come out right. Or sometimes the words in my head go a lot faster than my mouth does. And so it's easier to say things that, um, that are quicker to say, um, than it would, uh, for me to, to put it in writing. And a lot of my ums is because my, my mouth needs to catch up with my brain <laughs> or my brain needs to rewind what it said in order for it to come out of my mouth correctly. Um, so, um, words are, for me, words are, uh, very impactful in my life and they're very real, sustainable, like the Bible says, living and active, and they're very active to me. Um, a lot of times I can see words in my, my head and, um, they have meaning, they have a very, um, deep and deep meaning to me. So when the Lord gives me revelation about a word, uh, it, it really, um, he really brings out a very in-depth 3D interdimensional kind of, kind of thing for me because words mean, mean a lot. Uh, and I know that that doesn't, that isn't that way with everyone, but, um, but it, it means something like some people, um, some people have a thing about numbers and numbers are a big deal for them. And when the Lord reveals numbers to them, um, there's an understanding. I, I know the Hebrew language um, has, uh, there's a lot to do with numbers and stuff in it. Um, 
My husband understands that more than I do. He's more of a number person than I am. Um, I'm the word person. He's the number person. We go along so well together. Um, but um, I don't really understand uh, too much of that. But I know that for some people, numbers are everything. Um, and they see it in a lot of things. Not me. Um, but, but words are very powerful to me. And when the word, when the Lord showed me and revealed to me what he meant by abide, it's exploded in my brain. And, uh, anyone that knows that period of time early on in revival, I talked about abiding a lot. That was one of my words I talked about a lot. The other word was yield. <laughs> Um, but abide came up a lot. Um, whenever I would go up and testify, I talked about abiding in him and what it meant to abide in him. And we all should just abide in him. And, um, and, um, it was a profound thing. And I probably didn't re even really convey what, um, everything that the Lord had, had shown to me because it was still, I think in a lot of ways it was too new um, and to, you know, when you have some kind of huge revelation about anything, sometimes it doesn't just, it doesn't quite come out right. Um, or you don't explain everything you meant to explain. Um, so I think in a lot of ways that happened with me, but it's been so long, um, since that first moment. And I've really been able to sit and, and kind of swallow and take in what he, what he means. And I, I do believe I can explain it more and, and even what abide in his love means, um, for those that have lived in this understanding that, or thinking this mindset, there we go. Mindset, a very religious mindset that says that you, um, must, um, must live by his commands or he will not love you. Um, and like I said, that, that, that can sound right, but it's reasoning is so wrong and it, and we do really have to be careful, um, when we come to interpretation that we do not interpretate his word wrong. Now, um, with that being said, uh, abiding, um, the Lord showed me a, and gave me the revelation of abide and abide means to, uh, like, um, like the one definition said to sojourn. Um, but also it means to, um, to rest in, uh, d uh dwell in, uh, for it to be a domain, um, to, to ponder on, to contemplate, to sit with, you know, how, um, and this is what the Lord showed me, you know, how in, uh, Genesis, it says that uh, God came in the cool of the day to visit Adam. Now, God coming into the cool of the day to visit Adam, and Adam was it, would expect him, you know, in the cool of the day every time. And um, and so there was an expectation always through through Adam. But they would come, and they would be with each other, and they would walk, and they would talk in the garden. They were abiding with each other. They were remaining with one with one another. They were... Uh, sitting with one another, um, pondering with one another, uh, conversing with one another, enjoying one another's company, um, remaining with one another, um, 
and uh, taking in one another's uh, thoughts and feelings and revelations and understandings. And so they were, there was communication and the Lord showed me like abiding, abiding, uh, there's a sense of communication with abiding. There's remaining with, there's, um, there's, um, sitting with, it's, it's, it's like a fellowship. Abiding is like a fellowship. Um, you, but it's a fellowship that doesn't separate. It doesn't go away. You, you remain in it. You continue in it. You dwell in it. You sit in it. You dream in it. You sleep. Um, and it's, and you're constantly there with and among and, uh, dwelling with and thinking on and, um, and the Lord showed me that's what abiding is. Abiding isn't something that you turn off and on. Abiding is something that you remain in continuously. It is a continual fellowship that does not end. And uh, when the Lord gave me that understanding that I don't have to um, turn off and on my time with him, it ex it just caused such a uh, uh, such a joy and a revelation and a freedom in my life that that it wasn't a I needed to because I, I was I remember hearing this and growing up with this where it was like you need at least an hour a day of prayer time of reading his words of memorizing scripture um, and and if you don't do an hour a day then you aren't really walking with the Lord. You know, there are things like that, that, you know, that's heard. And, um, and I know that I'm not the only one that kind of grew up with, uh, this understanding of being in the church and, and being told that if you don't spend a certain amount of time, um, with God in prayer, um, and scripture every day, then you're not holy, you're in sin, you're not righteous, you're not faithful, um, and, and feeling the condemnation and the weight, you know, uh, being a mom, being a stay at home mom at that is, um, you would think that, uh, you know, there's the joke of being able to sit, eat bonbons all day and, and, you know, all this, you know, the joke and the stereotype of a stay at home mom, but a stay at home mom is, is, um, is pretty tough. There's a lot of work. Your your house is almost never clean because you still have kids, especially if you homeschool. Okay, let me let me rephrase this. A stay-at-home homeschooling mom. Uh stay-at-home homeschooling mom is in constant, almost in constant movement. Um like for instance, this is probably the longest that I've sat today. <laughs> um and and you're constantly bombarded with uh needs that need to be met. Um, bottoms that need to be white, uh, children that need to be fed, water that they need, they need water, they need, um, they need boo-boos fixed, they need to, you know, they want you to pray for them, they want, you know, you're to teach them, there are things that you're teaching them, so that takes a time out of your day, depending on how you homeschool your children, there's still a large portion of your time, whether it's because you're researching about something, you're, um, planning and preparing what they're going to be doing soon, or you're just having time and sitting with them and teaching them, there's a large part of your day that is taken away from you. And, um, and even then you're rarely sitting down because you're getting up and you're helping them and you're tending to them and you're talking with them and, 
and uh, your coffee hardly ever, you know, gets <laughs> fully drunk. I, I can't tell you how many times I I've had a full cup of coffee uh, that just never got touched because the day is so busy and it's so full. And like I said, your house is never clean because you have kids running around all day doing certain things. And especially if they're different ages, you know, your toddler never wants you to have full clothes folded. How dare you? Um, and dishes in the, you know, you're putting dishes in the dishwasher. What? You know, those go on the floor. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> clothes are never washed all the way. There's always somebody that has, has gone through three, uh, three sets of clothes because of all kinds of different things that they're doing. So there's constant, there's a constant bombardment of your time. And, um, those of you that are so tired that you can't stay up past nine, um, understands that there's, you know, you, you barely have any time in your day. You might have some time in the morning before the children wake up. Might. You know, again, it depends on the age range of your children. Um, I was a night, I'm a night owl. And so my time away is usually, um, after everybody's gone to bed. My husband's a morning person and Annie works very early in the morning. And so he's usually in bed um, around the time that the kids go to bed. So my my time of quiet um, is after everybody has gone to bed. And then I can finally, I can finally breathe. I can finally, you know, um, kind of take a deep sigh and, and look around me. And I'm usually doing something, um, that I didn't get done that day. Um, so my time isn't even really my time. And, uh, I always felt, um, very frustrated that, you know, there, I wouldn't get time in uh, or as much time in as I want in uh, reading the word or praying or something of that nature. And, uh, and I would look at uh, examples of, you know, uh, uh, the Wesleyan mother, Susan Wesley, and how she prayed for this period of time in the home. And um, the children knew, don't you dare disturb mom while she's in prayer. And I think that is really cool and that is really awesome and good on her because she showed, you know, a, a, a bit of an example. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, even in that period of time, it, they had help. and <laughs> There was always somebody else there in the house. And so, uh, <laughs> um, you know, she was able to get some things done and prayer done. And I always felt very... Um, very condemned by it, very ashamed of it, and it wasn't until revival hit that that the Lord really showed me that I don't have to strive for my time with Him. Abiding is all day; it never turns off and it never turns on. And His His Spirit, Holy Spirit, is with us and dwelling with us and in us in order to feed us the, the word and to give us peace and to reveal truth to us, right? Um, and honestly, that's all in, there's John 14, John 15, and some of John 16 that it talks about that. And so, um, 
we have Holy Spirit at all times. The Holy Spirit doesn't turn off and on. Now, there's certain uh, manifestations of Holy Spirit that when he moves and he moves powerfully, um, it's almost like the flow um, kind of, uh, you know, comes in and crescendos and kind of dies down a little bit. But um, his presence is always with us. The Father's Spirit is always with us. And that is what Holy Spirit is, in case you didn't know. Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. He, Holy Spirit is the very one that hovered amongst the, the waters of the deep waiting for God to say, let there be light and let the animals be like this and let, let the planets be like that, stars be like this and that and all of that stuff. So their Holy Spirit has always been uh, present. And Jesus even said here in the 14th chapters of John, 14, 15, 16, talks about Holy Spirit. And I, I'll, I'll be getting into that if I can. I probably won't have a lot of time on this, to be honest. But, um, because I've already taken a lot of time. But, um, um, but that doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit and stops at a certain time. You know, he doesn't close at 9 p.m. or 12 p.m. because, you know, banks close or, you know, there's not a bank holiday or, you know, he's not present during Thanksgiving because everybody else is off. You know, it, it's the Holy Spirit's not like that. Holy Spirit is ever present. And Jesus even said that he went to the Father so that the Spirit of God could be with us, the Comforter, the one the spirit of truth who brings all truth, the, the very spirit that brings conviction uh, to this world of sin, righteousness, and judgment, um, that Holy Spirit, and again, it's all in f chapters 14, 15, and 16, where Jesus explains who Holy Spirit is and, and what he means to us, is here with us to abide with us so that we may abide with him. He is giving us the word, feeding us, nourishing us, keeping us going, um, and the knowledge of the Father, um, because Jesus went to the Father and, and he gets to be with us and dwell with us. And now he's no longer just with the disciples. You know, Jesus is not just among the disciples, but the Spirit of God is with everyone who are children of God. Um, and so abiding in him um, doesn't ever go away unless you want it to go away, you know, like you say, oh, I feel so empty. I haven't had time with him. I haven't, um, I, I you know, there's not an A, B or C kind of thing to do. I'm going to tell you something. And I know that this, I know that it, it goes against a lot of what, you know, a lot of us grew up with, whether in the Pentecostal church, assemblies of God, non-denominational, um, uh, even, even Baptist church, Methodist church, I know I hear it a lot from other, you know, uh, preaching and stuff. And they say, um, you need to do A, B, and C to feel the power of God again in your life or the spirit of God in your life once again, or to feel closer with God, you got to do A, B, and C. Um, but, um, you know, one of the things about revival I'll, I'll, I'll preface with this. One of the things about revival is it brings us back to the father. It sets us back to zero. Um, like from the beginning, you know, it's like, um, um, you know, we, we may have been, um, in this one place on the, the, the game board of life, you know, we may have been in this one spot, but when revival comes, revival sets us all the way back to the beginning 
Um, and it's almost like a start over a re it's a refresh. It's a start over. It's, it's a do over, um, for believers in Christ. And in order for us to go get back on the road, get back on the target, set our eyes back on him. Okay. That's what revival does. It revives us once again, uh, where we were, um, not focused on him. We felt dry. We felt hungry. We were thirsty. We're burnout. Things aren't going right. We don't know where God is. We don't feel him in our life and all this stuff. Revival sets us back to the beginning as if we first got born, as if when we first got born again and we're doing it again, we're getting that refresh. Um, it's starting all over and it's, it's, uh, and it's what revival does. So I, I, I preface on that to say this, I have been set back to the beginning. Okay. And in doing such what, what he didn't, um, what I didn't have to leave behind was the knowledge and understanding that he's given to me since then. But also he's opened my eyes because I allowed, I opened myself up to him more um, in the understanding of coming back and being refreshed with him. Um, and uh, he's brought me into a deeper place of understanding and knowledge of him. And so I can say with an understanding and with a deeper knowledge of what um, the Lord has shown me through revival that we don't have to do the system of A, B, and C, one, two, three, uh, in order to be closer to him. Okay. Um, this is what you do. You want to know what to do? This is what you do. You abide in him. And you say, oh, that sounds, yeah, that sounds so easy. You just say that. You just say those words. What does that mean? Well, that means... That means you, you stop yourself wherever you're at. If you're driving right now and you're listening to my podcast and you're like, I'm really burnt out and I need a refresh. I need to fill him again. I uh, pull over, pull over. Uh, if you're not in a place where you can pull over, you know, get to where you're in a place where you can pull over. You pull over and, and you, you take this moment, you just sit there in the quiet, turn off the radio um, after, after I talk to you about this, okay, here it is. Okay. This is what you do. And you can, you can say it with me right now. Okay. Holy spirit, come and meet me where I am. I am hungry. I am thirsty. I need more. God, fill me with your presence. I need more of you. I have to have more of you. I can't live. I can't speak. I can't breathe. I can't continue until I have more. Now you just sit with him and open yourself up, open your heart, open your spirit, to him and his presence and you just sit just sit and remain there for a moment don't you don't have to talk anymore you don't have to do anything because you said what you wanted and now you're inviting him to come you're opening yourself up for him to come and be with you and dwell with you now that 
mean that all of a sudden there's going to be like this, you know, big, huge aura of presence or anything like that. I'm, I'm not saying that, don't get me wrong, but you opening yourself up and giving him a moment to respond and to feel you and to give you peace. That's initially um, where you want to be in a place where you know that you, he, he loves you and you feel his peace and his presence. And as you continue to open yourself up more ongoing throughout that day, that's not the only moment. Now, from then on, um, something's going on. You say, help me, Lord, with blah, blah, blah. Hey, Lord, I just want to talk to you about this thing that I'm doing. You know, what's this about? Even if you're doing something with work and you're like, Lord, I'm trying to figure this thing out. Can you, can you just show me what I need to do? And all day throughout the day, talk to him. Tell him how much you love him. Tell him how much you love his word. Tell him, you know, just talk to him. Tell him how much you enjoy his presence and you enjoy his time. And, and leave yourself open to him. This is an all-day thing. You know, 24-7, all day. When you go to bed, you go, you know, Father, be with me or Holy Spirit, be with me as I dream. And let my dreams be a constant place with you where I'm continually with you even in my dreams and and if in my dreams you need to reveal or show something to me that I can't quite see or hear while I'm awake show me in my subconscious what it is that you're trying to reveal to me that I can't quite see and and be open for and go to bed and when you wake up you say thank you father for a whole new day of being with you and abiding with you all day today. And when there's time to pray, you just go right into it and pray. And and you just talk to him all day long. It's like being on the phone with your best friend all day, no matter what you're doing throughout the day. Um, you know, uh, you're just you're just with them. And even when you're at work, you've got, you know, your 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 ear, you know, you got your earbud in your in your ear and you're whispering to them and you're talking to them like this so that nobody else hears you. <laughs> like you you're with your best friend all day. And that's what it that's the that's what it is to abide with him. You are constantly with him all day and your time is with him and your thoughts are with him and 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 your enjoyment and like everything is just with him and enjoying him and leaving him yourself open for him to talk to you. You know, it's, it's not, it's not, it's never supposed to be a one way conversation where he hears all your angst or all that you want or all that you need. Uh, you know, and, and even all your adoration, like it, it needs to be open for him to speak as well. You know, you're not the one when it's a best friend. You're not the one having the full-on conversation the whole time, right? You know, you do let your best friend talk, right? Or there are the moments where none of you are, neither one of you are talking and you're perfectly content just being with each other and spending time with one another and feeling each other's presence there and you're just enjoying one another. No words have to be said. You're just enjoying each other's time and that's and that's part of what it means to abide with him and so sometimes words aren't even necessary you just are spending time with one another your presence the two of you are just together and y'all are enjoying your time together and you're leaving things up if he wants to talk you know you got nothing to say 
but you're just enjoying each other and enjoying each other's time. And if he wants to talk and he wants to say something, he'll share it with you. He talked to you. You know, he'll, and then that's what it means to abide. Now it says, uh, now uh, again, the title of this episode is Abide in My Love. Now, what does it mean to abide in somebody's love? Well, let's think about this in a um, husband and wife regard. You know, not completely husband and wife regard, but when you are when you are in love with someone, that time and that thought, you like to do things for them and with them, and um, and it's a pleasure to to do even little things for them and with them you know and and you want to just look at each other and say you know I love you I really love you you know you're really great or even a, a father with their child or a mother with their child you know think of having a, that, that newborn baby you got that newborn baby in your arms and that baby that that baby not that's not going to talk. That baby's not going to communicate with you. That baby's not going to do anything remarkable for you. That baby's not going to serve you in any way. That newborn, you are constantly caring for that newborn. That newborn is entirely dependent upon you. And what do you do? You just lavish so much love on this being, this little tiny being that is completely 100% dependent upon you. Feeding them, clothing them, holding them, loving them, catering to them, serving them, giving, showing them the whole world and the beauty, the beauty of life. That's what you do when you have that newborn that you're showering all that love on. And you, you want to show everyone this beautiful creation, this miraculous creation. You, you want to show that little one. In, in that moment, you're staring at that, that newborn that you just gave birth to. And you, wanna, you want to show that child the beauty of life and love and joy. You want you want them to see and hear and experience all the wonderful things that make this life so great. And you're so thankful that you have this being to not only open their eyes to great things, but you get to experience the wonder and the amazement of this planet through them and and it opens your world up to a whole new way of looking at everything because you're seeing it through their eyes the joy and the wonder and they look at you with such love and and whatever you say they believe if you said that the sky was red they believe the sky was red because why would you lie to them you're their whole world. And they love to be with you. They need to be with you in order to sustain life. They need to be with you. And you want to hold them all day. 
and just sit amazed. When they're sleeping, you're completely amazed by them. They have hiccups and you you love it. You, you're saying, oh, because they're having hiccups. But, but at the same time, it's so beautiful. You just want to be with them all day long. And you hate being away from them. You just want to abide, remain, sit with, ponder with, converse with, and you're telling them all these things and how much you love them. And then that newborn grows, and that newborn grows into a child that can talk. And that child tell, comes up to you and is always following you around. But that child wants to come up to you when you sit, and they want to sit in your lap. It doesn't matter if you were in the middle of doing something. They want to sit in your lap. They want to touch your face. They want to brush your hair. They want to tell you, I love you. I love you. So many times my children just want to come up and give me a kiss and give me a hug and tell me, I love you. And the process of them climbing up on me, I, I may end up with a bruise because of that elbow or that knee. Oh, man. Every bruise is worth it. And they come up to me and smother me in kisses and love. And sometimes I, I can't handle it. <laughs> but they want to tell you how much they love you. Or they just want to hold you or just sit with you because your presence is a comfort to them. That's who you are with the Father. You know, dads, or maybe you're not a dad, maybe you had a dad. And what do you want to do when your dad gets home? You just want to be with them? hang out with them, tell them about everything that happened in your day. They look exhausted. They barely got gotten their shoes off, but everybody wants to tell daddy hi and how much they miss them and tell them everything that happened and tell them their brothers and their sisters and all the crazy things that they did to them and on top of just wanting to be with their dad. And if their dad goes outside because he has work to do, they want to go outside with him. If their dad's going to go outside and work on the car, they want to work on the car. Or if they want to go to the park with their dad, or they want to do this, this and that with their dad, they just want to be with dad. Because they love their dad, they want to hold their dad's hand when they're going out places, and they may argue and fight about who's going to hold dad's hand. And they just want to be with him. The, the boys, they want to wrestle and fight their dad and, and, and take, try to take him by surprise. And, and, and they love it when daddy's stronger than them and daddy, daddy runs faster than them. And, and, but they love it. And they want to watch daddy grill and they want to watch daddy cut wood and make things. And they want to be as cool as their dad. That's how we are with the Father. That's what abiding with Him actually means. Being with Him. You want to be with Him. You need to be with Him. The sustainability of your life depends on 
being with him. And abiding in his love is so easy. It's just being with him. God is love, remember? It's just being with him. Abiding with him. Spending time. Like children like to be with their parents. Spending time. The whole world hangs on what your mother, your father says. And opening your eyes and the thrill and the wonder of the world. That's what it is to be with the father. That's what abiding with him is. And if you say, oh, but the next verse, verse 10 says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. Okay. Let's think about this. If we are with the father and we're spending time with the father and we're in his presence and his spirit and we are remaining in him. Are we going to disobey him? Are we going to go, eh, you know, that one commandment he says about loving one another or something? I'm just not really into it. No, yeah, like you're going to spend time with him. You're, you're, it's going to be so easy to do the things that he said to do. It's so easy to follow with whatever the commandment, like his commandment. And it says it later on in, um, in one of the chapters, honestly, I think it's in verse 14 and chapter 14. So it's before, but, um, he says that the greatest commandment is to love one another. Oh, that might be 16, but it says greater love hath no man than this, that, uh, uh, that he lays down his life for his friends. So, so his command after telling us all this and telling us to abide his greatest command right here, his command is to love one another. So when, if, if we are abiding in his love, if we are remaining and keeping ourselves open to him and his presence and his time and his love and who, just who God is, then wouldn't we be open to and easily doing his will and, and what he commands to do? He's not telling us that if we don't do what he commands, we won't have his love. Jesus is telling us right here that if we abide in him, if we remain in his love, if we, if we spend our whole day, we don't turn off and on our prayer time, but just stay in, stay in tuned with him all day, then we would be obeying him. We would keep his commandments because we would be abiding in his love. And his commandments would just follow. It would just happen. It would just come in because his presence is with us. And it's so easy to become like the father when we are always in the presence of the father. It's as easy and as simple as that, you guys. It is so, so easy and so simple a child can do it. And yet, didn't Jesus say that we are to be like little children? 
we are to look to him and to want to be with him and his presence all the time. God doesn't go off to work. Holy Spirit doesn't just go off to work and leave us for a period of time and come back eight to 12 hours later. No, he's always there. He's always, he's ever present. He is Emmanuel, God with us. His spirit is with us. Jesus left this earth so that the spirit of God could be with us ever present. God's presence is always with us. Like, like Jesus was with the disciples, always with them. So his presence is always with us. We must be open to always being with him. And when that's done, abiding with him is simple. If we keep ourselves open to it and to him, and let him feed us and nourish us with the truth. And, and reading his word and understanding his word and having time to be in his word is so simple. But he's also talking to us. And has, he's, he, he never contradicts his word. So he's talking to us according to his word. And feeding us and giving us life. That's what it means to abide in him. And to abide in his love. And how easy it is to keep his commandments if we're abiding in his love. He won't turn our, his back on us if we screw up. As long as we're born again, Jesus, Jesus' death and all that he endured removed that, 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 that penalty of sin. And the beauty of abiding in him is if we took our eyes off of him for a moment and we allowed ourselves to succumb to the flesh and we send, we can turn our eyes back to him and we have an understanding of what the grace of God is. We go, God, I really screwed up, but you know what? You love me so much and I really need you. I really need you. See, see, I just screwed up. I really need you. I'm desperate for you. Come and be with me and he will abide in you and you will abide in his love. And you will hear him say, I love you so much. I love you so much. Let me fill you up. Let me fill you up with more of my, more of my presence, more of my word. I will strengthen you and sustain you. I will be your strength and your weakness. And that's what abiding in him is. It's not, you must, you must, you must, you must. It's not a whip. His commands are not a whip. Okay? And he won't turn your back. He won't turn his back on you because you screwed up. He will bring you in and tell you, I love you. I love you and my grace is sufficient for you. It will take care of things. My son clothed you in his righteousness. My grace is sufficient. And so I'm going to end this very long podcast uh, with that. And there's so much more I wanted to talk about. And honestly, I don't mind talking about it because what I also I was going to talk about, you know, it kind of like veer off just a little bit in, in the part of abiding in my love. Um, but I think I'm going to stick on and do another um, episode for you guys of what the Lord is showing me in, yet again, John chapters 14, 15, and 16. I love these chapters. But, uh, and just giving us a better understanding of what he's talking about and what he's talking about with Holy Spirit. So, 
keep an eye out or an ear open for um, my next podcast episode uh, on these uh, chapters in the book of John. And until next time, be blessed.